Thank you, Brother Eddie. The uh, theme for this month is rearing a family with eternity in view. And Pastor asked me to, to talk a little bit about that this evening. Uh, Mrs. Studebaker talked to me a couple weeks ago, and she said, if they ask you to preach again, just tell stories the whole time. But I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, I know this. My, my kids were glad that there's Transformers tonight so that I don't embarrass them. So. <laughs> um, but don't, don't you wish that your kids came with, a, with an owner's manual? Uh, every single one of my kids is completely different. And of course, God gives us the Bible. And I'm not done rearing my kids yet, um, but I can share a few things with you hopefully this evening that my wife and I have learned about handling children. There's, there's right things to do, wrong things. I'm going to put a couple things on the screen here. Put the first note. There's do's, there's don'ts, there's bad things to do. This is, uh, uh, you know, when you're holding a baby, don't just pick him up by the head. I, I think that's what my sister did before she dropped me down the stairs. And uh, what, the next one. Uh, when you're feeding a baby this during Thanksgiving, don't just stick the, the leg in the baby's mouth there. Use a bottle. Uh, there's a right way to feed the baby and a wrong way. Next one, uh, when waking the baby, there's a, that's an air horn there. <laughs> I, I think that's Jack Huckins' hand right there holding hold that air horn. <laughs> now, during graduation, the air horns were almost uh, obnoxious this year, but the air horns, uh, this, how not to wake up your baby. Number four here, next one, uh, exercising your baby. Uh, probably not a good idea there. Uh, the next one, when you wash your baby. Probably uh, we, we, can, we wash our, our uh, golden doodle that way, but probably not your baby. <laughs> then to dry the baby off after you wash him. <laughs> yeah, again, not a good idea. All right, next one. Fun games for baby. I, I like playing chess, but when they're a baby, probably peekaboo is a little bit better. Uh, next one, when you test baby's bottle, uh, especially the, during the COVID-19 pandemic, this was probably not a good idea, but to test the food there. Then uh, two more here, playing with baby. Uh, that's, uh, that's probably what my, my older two boys did with my younger boy, you know, throw him up in the air. <laughs> and then the last one here, introducing baby to pets, safe and unsafe. <laughs> But all right, we're done with those there. The, but the final verdict is not out on any of our child rearing. And uh, even as adults, we can mess up at any time. You know, whether um, our kids are in our 20s or even if those of us in our 40s, uh, people in their 60s, uh, even people in their 80s, they, they can mess up. And the rest of the story is not written on, uh, on any of our lives. But uh, I want to help you by, by God's grace this evening. I'd like to share with you how to capture the heart of your children. Let's put the first Bible verse up there. This is from Proverbs chapter 23. I, I remember when I was in high school, there was a chapel time where uh, Brother Don Boyd, the, the whole school year, every chapel service, and I think we had chapel a couple times a day, but every single chapel hour he had, Brother Terry Hederman worked at the school at the time. He was one of our teachers, and he, uh, he had him read the whole uh, chapter of Proverbs 23. And uh, there's been many times through the years where I still have all the Bible verses from that chapter in my, in my brain. And uh, it starts off, when thou sittest to eat uh, with the ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. And the, the whole chapter of Proverbs 23, it's a terrific chapter to read. If, uh, I know this is not uh, Sunday school. We don't give out uh, assignments here on Wednesday night. But if you could read Proverbs 23, it's a great chapter, kind of a great life chapter and a great chapter to read with your kids. But Let's read the first phrase there from Proverbs 23, verse 26. Just the first few words there. Ready? My son, give me thine heart. 
And I think the, the key here uh, from what I want to talk about tonight is how can we capture the heart of our children? And it's important to do that while they're young. And uh, some of you may say this evening, because it's a Wednesday night, we have a lot of different people here, and you might say, well, I don't have children. And uh, whether you have a family or not, though, it should be all of our goal to bless the Lord with our lives. And so we have a church family. You're sitting here tonight with a church family. We have a spiritual family. There's people within your influence that, that you can uh, have an influence on. There's people in your community. I think of uh, Friend Day coming up, and I've, I've heard several people who have invited people to Friend Day, and there, there's people within your sphere of influence, and it should be our goal to bless the Lord with our lives. And if we're going to capture the heart of the next generation, capture the heart of the young people, I think that uh, it starts with us and with us blessing the Lord with our lives. Let's have a word of prayer, and we're going to look at a couple more verses here. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the special we heard, the, those young people who sang, and thank you for the message of that song we just heard, and I thank you for that, their testimonies, and I pray that there'd be many like that who desire to have a heart for you and that they would live out the words that they sang this evening. And I thank you for their testimonies, for their families. I think of the young people who are in Transformers uh, Kids Club tonight, and I pray that you would uh, bless them and help it to be a profitable evening. And I, I pray that you'd continue to work in the lives of each of those young people. Thank you for the tour groups who are out on the road. Thank you for youth conference coming up, and I pray that you would uh, continue to work in each of the lives of the, these young people and the next generation. Pray you'd bless us now. Give me your spirit. Give, give uh, each of us your Holy Spirit this evening, and I pray that you'd meet with us as we look at your word. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Proverbs 23, verse 26. If you can put that next slide up there. The, the, we just read the first part of that verse. It says, My son, give me thine heart. And the last part there, And let thine eyes observe my ways. How can we capture the heart of our young people or the heart of our children? Uh, the, if you look at the second part of that verse, it says, let thine eyes observe my ways. And oftentimes, Pastor Wilkson will say, you know, your, your sermons whisper, but your lives shout. So let's put point number one, next uh, slide up there on the screen. Number one, young people follow your example more than they follow your exhortation. In other words, your you know, famous old saying, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Someone is watching you, and you're, we are all influencing the hearts of the next generation. Someone is watching you and your example, and I'm, I'm thankful for, uh, for Pastor's example here at the church. Uh, he's accessible. He makes himself available. Uh, but it, I think of uh, each of us could go around. You could talk about your, a lot of you, your parents, and the examples that they were to you. But young people follow your example more than they follow your exhortation. I'd like to put the uh, next verse up there is from Hebrews. I'd like to look at that. A few weeks ago when we talked about bitterness, Hebrews chapter 12, 15, it says, uh, you know, be careful lest uh, uh, looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you. So we talked about that and not being bitter. But the last part of that verse kind of gives another uh, another. Uh, teaching, I guess you could say, but thereby many be defiled. And when we, when we harbor bitterness in our heart or when we uh, become bitter, it doesn't just affect us. It affects everybody around us. And your children can see that. So your, your young people follow your example more than they follow your exhortation. And uh, so, you know, I want to make sure as I'm walking along the path of life that if a root of bitterness comes up that I deal with that and that I don't 
Uh, I might say, well, I'm not bitter, but then if I look at that, I've got to make sure I'm not bitter because it affects not just you. We don't just live to ourselves. Uh, everyone else around us, it says, thereby many be defiled. So number one, uh, how do we capture the heart of our young children? Or how, do, how can we bless the Lord with our lives? Young people follow your example more than they follow your ex- exhortation. Number two, uh, love God. Show them how to love God. Don't force them to love God. Uh, too many parents emphasize head knowledge or Bible knowledge and being a good Christian, but don't truly teach their children to love God. I'll say that again. Too many parents emphasize head knowledge or Bible knowledge or being a good Christian, but don't truly teach their children to love God. God puts that love to the test. When the trials of life come, your children will see your love for God by how you react to the cancer, the illness, the financial setback, the testings of life. And I I think one of the examples that comes right to my mind was when Pastor Wilkerson's son, Tyler, passed away. He shares that story about the very next morning uh, after the same night his son passed away. That very next morning was a Saturday, and he went to their their soul-winning meeting. And uh, can you imagine, I can't even imagine uh, what their family was going through or even the emotions that Pastor and Mrs. Wilkerson were dealing with at that time. But I do know that the, the statement that that made to his family, to his kids, to his church people about loving God, that God puts that love to the test. When the trials of life come, your children will see your love for God and how you react to that. Uh, the next thing, I, I, along that same line of loving God, I, I remember when I was a teenager, Brother Eddie mentioned, we, we used to have, before the Sunday night service, we'd have a thing called Young Young fundamentalists, we'd have a, a group, and Brother Abdel still on Wednesday, sometimes throughout the year, he'll meet with the, the all the teenagers, and uh, but Brother Eddie would have a, a group, and I, I'll never forget meeting over in the uh, it's where the ice cream parlor is over there, and I forget which letter of building that is, but we used to call it the Teen Center, and had the the black and white floor on one side, and the the acoustics there were just incredible, and there there was a couple songs that he would sing, we would do different scripture songs, but one in particular we would sing the song, I Love You, Lord. And I, I just remember some of the things that, as a teenager, some of the things that my parents were going through at that time, and I remember singing, just all of us teenagers, lifting up our, our hearts to the Lord, singing, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. And just the, the feeling I felt there, to, and as a young person, just uh, to love God, show them how to love God. That, that spoke a lot to me, and I don't know if uh, at that time what... As Brother Eddie, as what he was going through as far as the, that stage of this ministry in his life, but I know as a teenager that that spoke to me as we sang, I love you, Lord, I lift my voice. I think there was a lot of you in here were probably part of Brother Eddie's youth group at some point, remember singing some of those songs. Let's put the Bible verse up there, Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and let's read that verse out loud together. Ready? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So there's, we talk a lot about the Great Commission, and then, of course, this is the Great Commandment, to love God, and then also it talks about loving our neighbor as ourself. But love God. Show them how to love God. Don't force them to love God. Number next, number three. Many parents are too busy to spend time on these priorities in this order. Uh, First of all, to love God, and then family, church, career. If they don't love God, then church is not important. If they don't love God, church is not important. I think of, 
a couple nights ago, the sunset was just gorgeous. There was this huge uh, orangish, pinkish sun. Some of you probably saw it. And just watching that come down and uh, just looking at that, the sun, I, I didn't, want the, didn't want it to end. And it just kind of watched it all the way down. And, and I, I was thinking as I was watching that sunset, just grateful to the Lord and uh, praying to the Lord. And I I've thought to myself, I want that sun to always shine in my life. I want the Son of God to be real in my life. A lot of people talk about, you know, their God love me, God loves me uh, symbols. Some people say when they find a penny that that means that God loves them. Uh, my wife, she, she likes it when she sees a deer. That's her God loves me sign. And uh, one time we saw a dead deer on the side of the road. We're like, look, there's your uh, God loves me. What does that mean when the deer is dead? <laughs> but uh, anyways, the God loves me sign is, uh, is important to, to uh, make sure that uh, we realize how much God loves us. Many parents get too busy, so we get things out of order. We put the career first, or we put other things first, but we don't work on that or develop or keep that relationship with God. If the children don't love God, then church will not be important someday. I remember as a little kid, I asked my dad, you know, he, he was doing a couple different jobs at the time, some paper routes, and he was doing, uh, we, we used to mow lawns together, and just different things to make money, and I remember asking him one time, I said, Daddy, are we rich? And as a little kid, you know, I'm trying to connect the dots of, you know, mowing lawns and doing extra side things. And, and he said, Jack, we're, we're rich in the Lord. We're rich in the Lord. And I'll never forget that. I, I always remembered uh, that my chest kind of got big and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm rich in the Lord. And, uh, and I think that one thing that we can learn from that is my dad didn't make, you know, he was working at the college at the time, but he... He didn't make being in the ministry a, a negative thing or being a, a drudgery. It was a positive thing. And right here, uh, he, he, he talked about God. When I asked him, you know, are we rich? He said, we're rich in the Lord. And, and uh, he was developing a heart for God in my life and being thankful that God is good to us. We're all rich in the Lord. Number four, number four, it's not just how much time you give. It's giving the prime time. In other words, being there for their speech competitions, for their sports games, for their music performances, from grade school all the way up to college. And some of the best days of my life, just different memories from, I remember I never wanted to leave Hammond Baptist grade school. Dr. Sisson was the principal. Uh, Mrs. Smith was my second grade teacher. Sandy Connolly, my third grade teacher. Jan Anderson, my fourth grade teacher. And uh, then I got to uh, sixth grade, and that was the last year of the grade school back then. And I remember... Uh, crying because I didn't want it to end. I, I loved every phase of my life. And I think every, I thought, man, these are the best days of my life. I don't want to go to junior high. And then went to junior high and Brother Vogel was my principal and just uh, uh, Miss Belinda, several different people there, uh, Brother Joe Hackett. And I, I loved junior high. I didn't think life could get any better than junior high at Hammond Baptist High School. And when it was done, eighth grade was over. We had the eighth grade graduation and I, I cried. It was one of the best, I felt it the best days of my life. It couldn't get any better. Then we got to high school and Brother Don Boyd, I felt like I had just the best with Brother Hiles as my pastor, Brother Don Boyd as my principal, Brother Eddie as my youth pastor. And uh, I didn't think that high school, that anything could be any better. In my senior year of high school, I cried after that and just uh, was so grateful that these are the best days of my life. And then I got to college, and I, same thing, I enjoyed college, and, and, I, and I wept, probably wept when it was all done, and thought these are the best days of my life. Then I got married, 
And I've been crying ever since. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> but, no. but these are, a lot of you here, the, the young people that you have in your home right now, your kids, these are the best days of your life right now. And if you, every stage of life, enjoy it like these are the, the best days of your life. Many parents are too busy to spend time on, on loving God. It's not just how much time you give, it's giving the prime time, being grateful. Sometimes we give our prime time to many other things other than our children, maybe to career. And uh, that's such a convicting thought. Just the, It blinks and it's like a snap of a finger and your kids are grown. And I want to be there for them at these critical times, the, all of the, these important times of their life. Brother Tom Olson's not here tonight. I think he's on a vacation with his family. But his, uh, his daughter, Lily, who was a junior in high school this year, she got inducted into the National Honor Society at Hammond Baptist. And he, uh, Tom shared a, a picture about that. And he, he made some comments. He said, Lily was inducted into NHS. I missed a great opportunity to speak to some of the most fun and caring real estate investors in the world at one of the top annual real estate conferences in the country, but I only have one time in my daughter's life to be there for a moment like this. And uh, that, that spoke to me when I, when I saw that Tom had canceled some things to be there for his daughter. And I think that's what I'm talking about tonight. Those of you who took time out of your schedules to get your kids here for Transformers Kids Club and uh, utilizing the, the prime times of your life and giving them prime time, I think uh, the... It, years ago, it used to be, when I was a kid, they used to have this, Walt Disney would have this Sunday night movie, and I thought, you know, that, that, that was something that probably, uh, there was some purpose there that they would do that right at the same time that church started, and as a kid, I always wanted to, to see that Disney Sunday night movie they used to do, but uh, that was probably something that uh, my dad made sure that we were in church, and that, that was something, there Satan is the prince of power of this air, and he was making sure that there's some competition there. And I think we can give our, our lives to things that we might think are more enjoyable, but make sure that we have our kids in church. I was thinking one thing, too. A couple of years ago, it was the winter of 2012, and it was kind of a difficult season for our church here. It was before Pastor Wilkinson had come, and uh, I've, I've mentioned this before, but at that particular time, there, there's, there's going to be seasons in your life where maybe after loss or grief or other things where you just don't feel like coming to church. And uh, that's kind of how my wife and I felt there, but we, we uh, made sure that we were there with our kids. And I'll, I'll never forget that Luke, as a nine-year-old boy, was sit, we're sitting right down here, and Brother Eddie was preaching and telling some, uh, some funny hunting stories that day. And uh, never forget how, how much Luke enjoyed hearing that message and coming home that day, and my wife and I noticed uh, how Brother Eddie's message had spoken to him, and uh, that we, we felt, you know, the only thing worse than listening to Brother Eddie is you, you listening to me tonight, but no, no but anyways, um, it, it meant a lot to, to us as parents, though, that, that uh, the Lord was working in his heart, and we were where we were supposed to be, and now he's, Luke's uh, just finished his freshman year at Howes Anderson, and I'm thankful for that, that we made church a priority, and I can't, it's not just how much time you give, it's giving the prime time and being there for them and uh, making sure that these priorities are right that we mentioned earlier. Number next, number five, make serving God fun. Make serving God fun. We used to do a nursing home service when my, 
My, when I was a junior hire, my dad would take us uh, to do nursing home services as a family. There was always this one lady who wanted one song to be sung, and we sang it over and over again. And then uh, we would take turns preaching and singing together. We'd get all the nursing home residents into the room. And uh, another thing, you can sing together as a family, give gifts. I, I know my, my wife is good about this with getting the kids together at the end of the school year to get a gift for the, the teacher or for the Sunday school teacher, give gifts to people, and uh, teach your kids generosity. Write notes. I think that's kind of a lost art. And um, my, my wife received a note in the mail today and just uh, was very, very meaningful to her. And uh, writing notes to people. It's a, it's a lost art, teaching your kids uh, to write a note, to be thankful. Going soul winning with them. I, you know, we have teenage soul There's a lot of programs in the church, and uh, teenage soul winning is great. And it, it, Brother Abdel has a great uh, training program where the kids can learn how to go soul winning. But I, I told myself a few years ago, I don't want the kids to get into teenage soul winning and for, for their dad to never, for them to have never, you know, heard their dad uh, lead somebody to Christ. So I, I made sure that I took them out with me and that they heard me witnessing to someone. And I, I even uh, took them to a couple different parks and made sure that I was with them uh, when they, they got to, to see how to lead someone to Christ and to talk to someone. And then maybe take them out to, to get a hamburger after that, just do something fun with them. Uh, this past week, we were able to lead a couple, a mother and her daughter to the Lord. Uh, Jason uh, Clifford was with me and his little guy, Jake. And Jake came along with us, and Jake watched uh, as we led someone to the Lord. And I think it's important to make serving God fun and bring your kids along on the journey. Teach them to work hard, but play just as hard. I think of taking time to have vacations and, and picnics. It doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to have a lot of money to, to spend time with your family. You can go on bike rides. You can take them on a picnic and uh, just spend time with them. I'd like you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 8. Going to look at just a couple, couple places here. Nehemiah chapter eight. Make serving God fun. We're going to look at just a few verses here. Nehemiah chapter eight, and at the beginning there, verse one, it says, "All the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. They spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel, and he read therein before the street." And verse, verse 4, it says, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. So here the, the people of Israel, they hadn't heard the book read, the law of Moses. And Ezra got this little pulpit, stood out in the street, and it says the people began to gather. And look down at verse 6. Let's read those first five words together, verse 6. Ready? And Ezra blessed the Lord. In other words, he, he blessed the Lord. He, he was grateful to God. He read the book. At the end of that verse, says they bowed their heads, they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. But something happened when the people heard the book being read. At the end of verse 9 there, it says they all began to weep. It says, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. So that it was convicting to them. And it kind of became a, a real somber, real serious time. But as he said to them, Ezra said, verse 10, he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our God. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so he, he made a point there to tell them to be joyful. And I think that's how we should live our whole Christian life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, joyful people have the joy of the Lord. I, I think when I was in high school, uh, Mrs. Marie Scholing was my Spanish teacher. She's back there tonight. 
And uh, I, we, we used to sing this song. She would teach us different, different songs in Spanish. <clears throat> and I, I don't really remember much of any other Spanish, but I do remember this one song. It's uh, Mi Fuerza es el gozo del Señor. In other words, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I could sing that in my head a hundred times. Mi fuerza, mi fuerza, so goes, oh, del Señor. And I still remember singing that, that little tune. Um, but I'm glad that that stuck with me. There are certain things that stick with you in life. And I think that if the joy of the Lord is your strength, if that sticks with you, that's a good thing to stick with you in your life. Make serving God fun. Make serving God fun. Next, number next. Number six, when we love the Lord, it's not our job to correct the wrong crowd or those who use his name in vain, we just shouldn't hang around them. In other words, we're in the world, but we're not of this world. And let's put the, the verses up there. The next, uh, do we, uh, well, I'll, I'll read these here from uh, John chapter 15. It says, These things I command you that ye love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. Because, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And I, I know that we, all, we look at the life of Daniel and we want to we be in favor with, with God and man and we want to be that. But this is saying here that sometimes the world is not going to like us. The world is not going to like you. And that's not a, not a bad thing. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. The battle is for the heart. Let's go back to, back to number six again, if you can put that up there. The battle is for the heart. And unfortunately, there's things, even as adults, there's things that where Satan is trying to capture our heart. I put down here social media, there's algorithms with social media, there's, Satan is the prince of, of this world, and uh, sometimes there's, there's negative things that come up on your social media, and uh, you can still stay friends with these people, but you, sometimes my wife and I will just unfollow, because I don't want to see uh, critical things or negative things from people. The other thing I put down here is music. Music is a tool that can be used for good, or it can be used for bad in the battle for your heart. And uh, if you're going to capture the hearts of your children, ask yourself, what kind of music am I listening to? What kind of music do I allow in my home? When I'm driving in my car, uh, music is a, I, I can't emphasize it enough, how, what, how a powerful tool uh, that can be used for good or for bad. And uh, ask yourself, is my music pleasing to the Lord? When we love the Lord, it's not our job to correct the wrong crowd or those who use his name in vain. Uh, we just shouldn't hang around them. Then the next one, number seven. Number seven, never sing or preach or do anything without thanking God. And turn with, this will be the last place we turn here. Turn to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. If you look at the beginning, Daniel chapter 2 verse 1. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. It said, wherewith his spirit was troubled, his sleep break from him. So here's, here's uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He lost sleep. And not only did he uh, not understand the dream, it said he eventually forgot the dream. Verse 3, the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream. My spirit was troubled to know the dream. And then uh, later on, he even forgot what the dream was. Verse 5, the king answered and said to the Chaldeans. So he went to his, the people who uh, were helping him, all the wise men and the workers, the said, this dream is gone from me. And, but, but he said, if you will not make it known, he wanted them to remember the dream and to interpret it. If you will not make the known the dream, unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. That sounds like a pretty toxic work environment to me. <laughs> cut in pieces and houses made a dunghill. And so 
obviously Daniel, he didn't want to be part of that situation. So go down to verse 16. He asked the king. He desired that the king would give him time and that he would show him the interpretation. Then verse 17, that Daniel went to his house. He called his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and uh, they, they prayed. They, they were asking God to reveal this dream. And verse 18 you know, he, they, they didn't want to die. They didn't want to perish. Verse 19, that the secret, the secret ended up getting revealed to Daniel in a night vision. And let's read the last phrase there of verse 19 out loud together. Ready? Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And he took time to bless God, to, to be grateful to God. Daniel answered, verse 20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his and blessed be the name of the Lord. We need to bless God with our lives. Verse 21, there's a lot of people who get frazzled and, and worried about things. And some people, I've even had people come to me and say, you know, you need to get off the grid and get rid of all your gas and electric and, you know, just figure out how to live, live off the land and uh, eventually the, you know, conspiratorial things. But verse 21, you know, there's really nothing new under the sun. Verse 21, it says, He changeth the times, the seasons, he removeth kings, setteth up kings, he giveth wisdom unto the wise knowledge to them that no understanding. In other words, we don't need to get frazzled. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He revealed the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. And let's read verse 23 out loud together. Ready? I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. And several times there, he blessed the Lord. Verse 19, verse 20 says, Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Just like joyful people have the joy of the Lord, uh, blessed people bless God. And I think we should, a couple things here, never sing or preach or do anything without thanking God, without blessing God, without being grateful to God. Uh, sometimes my wife on the way to school, she'll, they'll, they'll uh, read the, the Bible in the vehicle, they'll, they'll have a word of prayer, they'll pray together. We, uh, we'll pray on the way to church sometimes, we'll pray together as a family, let's pray for pastor today. Let's pray for the Sunday school classes. Let's pray for the service. And so I'll have one of the kids in the van say a word of prayer to pray before bedtime. My dad used to come and stand in the hallway and, and he would come up to our bed, pray with us before we go to bed. So these are just some great ideas or some things that we can do to pray with our kids. Walk around your yard at the end of the day. Thank God for his goodness. Uh, the air that you breathe. My grandma, she lived to be 96 years old and Every day, she, she just was a happy person, and she said, every day is a gift from God, the, the air that we breathe, and just to, to no, don't do anything without thanking God. Joyful people express joy. Blessed people bless God, and realize how blessed you are, and be joyful about it. We're almost done here. Number eight, when you give total commitment to the Lord, He'll bless you. When you give total commitment to the Lord, He'll bless you. And my wife and I were talking to a man, he had been in the business world for about 15 years, and then he became a pastor for about 30 years, and then his, uh, all of his children ended up going into the ministry and working uh, full-time in the ministry, and the, the pastor, I wrote down what he said, the pastor said, I have never made as much money working in the ministry as when I was a businessman, but I have more being in the ministry, and then his wife told us, she said, and we have our family. We don't give up anything that God won't replace if we should have it. I'll say that again. We don't give up anything that God won't replace if we should have it. Remember, tonight, it's a battle for the heart. 
and any of us could, it could be uh, when, when we're in our 20s, when we're in our 40s, any of us could fall at any time, any of us could get away from the Lord, whether it be uh, 20s, 40s, 60s, 80s, but it is a battle for our hearts, it's a battle for the heart of the children, and it's a battle for our hearts. Uh, we don't give up anything that God won't replace if we should have it. And then the last thing, number nine, we are here, here to build God's kingdom, not our own. We're here to build God's kingdom, not our own. And this is a, a big mistake that a lot of churches make and a lot of uh, some of the newer churches that have gotten away from, from the Word of God and it become more of like a rock concert. And it's, uh, it's, whose kingdom are we building? We're here to build God's kingdom, not our own. Serve God. Do the things in life where you and your spouse and your family can have the most amount of influence. And God calls people to do different things. Everybody has different gifts. And the Bible says comparing yourselves among themselves is not wise. So everyone, God has different spiritual gifts, even part of pastor's uh, discipleship book curriculum. And you get to level three, there's a booklet in there about spiritual gifts. And, and uh, some people, you know, secular business courses, they have books on uh, personality tests and finding your strengths. But the Bible talks uh, several different passages about spiritual gifts. And I encourage you to understand what your spiritual gifts are. Serve God. Do the things in life where you and your spouse and your family can have the most amount of eternal influence. Maximize your potential with eternity in view. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's have a word of prayer. If we want God to have the hearts of our children, we better make sure that God has our hearts. And I think uh, tonight, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come to you. I pray that Maybe something that was said tonight that we would decide to bless you in every area of our life, to be joyful. Joyful people have the joy of the Lord. Blessed people bless the Lord. And I pray that you would raise up another generation of young people who love you, who love this book. I thank you for many of us stand upon the shoulders of many people who've made an impact, uh, moms and dads, pastors, youth pastors, Christian school teachers, and many who've made an impact in our lives, and we thank you for that. And I pray that you would help us to bless the people in our community and uh, to capture the hearts to, of the people within our world. I pray that you, each of our hearts would be tender towards you and that if, uh, if we're going to capture the hearts of our young people, we, I pray that you'd capture each of our hearts and that we would submit to your will. Thank you for your love for us. In your name, amen.